Hallelujah. It gives me great joy to be able to stand on this platform again and speak to my brothers and sisters in Christ. And also it's a great privilege to be uh, back here at headquarters. I'm going to call it headquarters because, you know, I was in the military, so I understand military terms and military operations. And uh, the body of Christ is the best military operation I've ever been involved in. And so this is headquarters to me. And uh, I've come back tonight to uh, bring a report from the front lines. So that's my purpose of being here tonight. These, these generals that you guys have here, they're wanting to know what's going on out on the front lines. So I brought a report tonight back of what's going on. And I hope it uh, not only encourages them, but I hope it encourages all of you guys. And uh, before we do that, though, I'm going to share a word with you. Can we do that? Yes, sir. I would ask if you all want to get into the word, but I already know that you do, so I'm not going to ask. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, well, that's a silly question too, isn't it? You better have your Bibles if you're in here tonight. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. There's a couple of y'all there. All right. When you find Ephesians, look for uh, chapter 4. And when you find chapter 4, we're going to read verse 11 through 15. All right, I think everybody's there, so here we go. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up un until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Everybody say mature. Mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up. Everybody say, grow up. Grow up. Into him who is the head, that is Christ. So the title of, our, of my message tonight is Growed Up. And I'm going to spell it to you like it was, like I heard it when I was a little kid. So that would be G-R-O-W-D, Growed Up. That's our South Texas colloquial language for y'all. You know, we got all y'all and we're fixing to do things. Of course, some of you guys, most of you guys from Louisiana, so y'all got some funny talks too, right? But uh, we're going to talk about growed up. Growed up. When I was uh, eight or nine years old, because uh, my parents got divorced when I was younger, my sister was left to uh, raise up me and my little, my little brother. And I can always remember her saying, I can't wait till you get growed up. And even at eight years old, I realized that, uh, man, she's like telling me, I can't wait to get rid of you. Or I can't wait till you get growed up so I ain't got to watch you and you're out on your own doing your own thing. She kept telling us that. I can't wait for you to get growed up. I heard it a lot. I want you to know something tonight. Your heavenly father cannot wait for you to get growed up. Because <laughs> see, he's got some things that he wants for you to do. 
He's got a plan for your life. The Bible teaches us in Jeremiah 29 and 11. Amen. He has a plan for your life. But you're going to have to grow up into it. So he wants you to get grown up. He knows that there's some people out there that need to get healed through you. There's some people out there that need to get delivered through you. You're going to have to grow up and get in. in, You're going to have to grow up and get with it and get with the program so that you can go out and accomplish what God has for you to do. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed for the people that you were going to end up touching. Let me show you that. John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, Jesus, was, Jesus prayed through the whole chapter. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. And then when you come down to verse 20. I'll give you a few more minutes. I hear some more there's. John. There you go. John 17, 20. This is Jesus speaking, and look, look what he's praying here. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, not for the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. You see what he's saying there? Jesus has already prayed ahead of time for the people that you're going to speak to, to the people that you're going to lay hands on, but you're going to have to grow up into it. You're going to have to do something. It requires some action on your part. Now, let's go back to Ephesians. I should have told you to keep your hand there because I want to I go back through those scriptures that I started out with. And we're going to take a look at those a little closer because I want you to fully understand tonight what it means to be growed up. <laughs> Let me just give you a quick visual. This is how I've been growing up. The first time I preached on this platform, I probably had five pages of notes. Five Tonight I'm just regulated to, uh, or I'm down to three index cards. Huh? See, it might look different for each one of you. But you're going to have to grow up. And you're going to have to figure these things out. So, let's go back to Ephesians. And let's look at verse 11. And it says in verse 11, It was he... Who who was the he? Jesus, right? It was Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. So he gave us some generals, right? He gave us some generals, he gave us some colonels, and he gave us some lieutenants. He gave us these people. And he he gave them to us for what? Look at verse 12. He gave us these people, these pastors, these teachers, these leaders that we have here tonight. He gave them to us for a reason. And verse 12 says, to prepare God's people. Are you God's people? Yes. Really? Okay. You're God's people. And guess what, God's people? You got some generals here tonight. You got some leaders that have been given to you so that they can help you grow up. That's what their purpose is. Did we just read that? That's what it says, right? Okay, we'll make sure we're on the same page. So he gave them to you so that you can get growed up. And that you could be prepared for something, right? Because that's what it says. To prepare God's people for works of service. Right? Is that what he gave them to you for? Yes. How you doing with that? Hey, whoa. How you doing with that? It got quiet all of a sudden. What happened? These guys are working their tails off. 
They're praying constantly. They're studying together. They're praying together. Why? Because they're trying to hear God so that they can give directions to you guys on what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go. Things that will teach you to be grown up. That's what they're trying to teach you, right? Amen. Trying to teach you to do something is what they're really trying to do. Yeah, they're trying to teach you to do something. Trying to put your foot into action, so to speak, right? All right. Verse 13. Until we all reach unity, it says. Unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become what? What does it say? Mature. Wow. Become mature. If you're taking notes and you want to see the Greek meaning behind that, it's number 837. And for some reason, I didn't write that Greek word down there, or did I? Oh, wait. I'm on the wrong Greek word anyways, ain't I? You're supposed to keep me straight, Pastor. <laughs> We're talking about mature, right? So it's not 837. It's number 5046. I'll be like, Pastor Wade, I read the wrong note. There you go. Uh, and it's the Greek word teleos. T-E-L. E-I-O-S. Telios. It's the word for mature. But listen to what it really means. It means finished. Complete. Full. Finished. Complete. Full. How many of you feel like you are grown up enough in the, in the word that you just, you seem like you're full of it? How many of you think that you're complete enough in your walk that you can go out and accomplish something for the kingdom. Because, see, that's the goal of this thing. The goal is to get you growed up so that you'll go out of those doors back there and you'll accomplish something for the kingdom. Amen. That's That's just the way it works, folks. It ain't about us coming together, sitting in here and, and just enjoying the word. No, there's some action that's required of it. God expects you to get growed up and do something on your own because he's already got some people designed out there waiting for you to speak to them, to lay hands on them. To heal them, to pray for them. It never stops. He says, so that you would attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now look, that's a tough word. Attaining to the whole measure. I, I've been doing this for a little bit of time now. And I don't even think I'm close to attaining to the whole measure. But you know what? Part of the growing up process is, is when you step out in faith and you go out and you do those things that you think God has called you to do, you know what? The more you do that, the more you'll learn. The more you'll grow up. Why? Because you're putting your faith into action. You're putting to use what's down inside of you. It's the growed up thing. It's, you put the word in you enough, it's got to come out. If you put garbage in, that's what's going to come out. You put the word in you, that's what's going to come out. But you've got to get to the point where that word starts coming out. You, because if you want to attain to the whole measure of Christ, the more you step into that. The more you go out and you speak, you pray for somebody, you witness to somebody, it just kicks that thing into overdrive. Yeah. Oh, let's see. We want to go to, well, let's go to 14. We might as well read that one too. I don't think there's any bad ones here. You know, because when you attain to the, to the, uh, the full measure In verse 14, it says, once you've done that, then you will no longer be tossed back and forth. 
And you won't be blown here and there by every kind of teaching. You'll be able to discern for yourself what somebody else is trying to tell you, what somebody else is trying to preach to you. See, you've got to have all of the fullness of those scriptures inside of you. And, and it's part of the growing up process. But the more you put it into practice, the more that you're going to learn how to do those things, how to recognize those things here, and how to recognize them in here. Amen. All right, let's look at 15. It says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up. Everybody say grow up. Man, I'll never forget my sister telling me, you, I can't wait till you get growed up. Some of your pastors are probably sitting here tonight. Yeah, there's a few that I wish they would get growed up. Yeah. True. It's in, every, it's in every church. It's not just particular to any one thing. Because why? We all are at different uh, levels in our walk. I heard Pastor Wade talking about levels a while ago. We're all at different levels in our walk. You know, I didn't come out of the woods being a preacher. Doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, I came out of the woods a heathen. And I was a good one. First 27 years of my life, I was a pretty good heathen. But now that I'm on the right team, I growed up. I've attained something. I've achieved something. But I'm not there yet. Hey, we, we still got a ways to go in this thing. Amen. And we're still going to go forward. Amen. But we got to grow up. Now, that, that's the Greek word that I didn't write down, and it's number 837. See, I got it right this time. And it means to grow, to increase, to add to something. You see, the whole purpose of this gospel, the whole purpose of these guys teaching and training and equipping is so that you can grow, that you can increase, and that you can add something to your life. See, they're building something here. They're building something in you. I'm telling you, you can't go anywhere else and get the teaching and the training and all of those things that you're getting here. You cannot do that. You should be very fortunate that you're, you're sitting here tonight. But that's not the end of all things. You've got to get growed up. Hey, let's turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Amen. Everybody's there. That's good. Let's see. Let's go. Let's start in verse 3. Start in verse 3. Paul's letter to the church in Colossus, right? Yeah. All right. Paul had heard something about these guys, so he sent them a letter. And he starts out by saying in verse 3, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Look, I, I've kind of been around the world a little bit with some of your generals here. And you know what? When I go around the world with these guys, the people that I talk to in these other countries that I've been with, these guys too, they tell us, wow, you know, we, we never stop praying for you guys. Why? Because 
Because they've heard of the faith here at LCM. They've heard of that. And they never stop thanking God. The same be said about your life. Is there somebody out there thanking God tonight for your life because they've heard of your faith? You see, that's the growed up thing. When you get growed up, people will know outside of these walls who you are, who you serve, who you belong to. And they will thank God for that. Verse 5. The faith and love that spring from the hope that is stored up for you in heaven. Does anybody have any hope tonight? Man, I'm telling you what, I got a lot of hope. It looks crazy outside of these doors, but I'm telling you, I got hope tonight. Why? Because I got the Spirit of God that resides on the inside of me, and He gives me joy that that world didn't give me, and since they didn't give it to me, they can't take it away from me. I got joy like nobody else got joy. And I got hope. What else do I need? I don't need anything else. So you got some hope in you tonight, right? Yes. All right. And that you've already heard about in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you. All over the world, this gospel is bearing fruit and doing what? Growing. It's growing. Amen. All around the world, it's growing. It may not look like it's growing. It may not sound like it's growing, but I promise you it's growing. You know how I know that? Because the, the word of God says that it never returns void. The Word of God always accomplishes a purpose that it was set out to accomplish. It's always doing something. Are you doing something? You see, because that's what God requires of you. Not just to sit, but to do something, to be active in the kingdom. The the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. In other words, it's not going to go forward at all if you don't help it go forward. You've got to do something. You've got to do your part. This gospel is growing and bearing fruit. And I'm here to tell you tonight, it's bearing fruit in New Life Ministries. It's growing. Amen. We're growing up. Yes. Just as it has been doing among you guys. Since the day you heard it and understood God's grace and all its truth, you learned it from Epaphras. Whoever, whoever, that's a funny name. Wow. How'd you like to have that name? Our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Verse 9. For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10. And we pray this in order that you, that's all y'all, that's you, That you may live a life worthy of the Lord. Wow. You know how you live a life that's worthy of the Lord? You get grown up. You grow up in him. You grow up in the things that you've heard. You grow up in the things that you've seen. These leaders demonstrate for you. You grow up in those things. And then it says bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit. You know, I, I hear so many times that Christians are supposed to be fruit inspectors. No, we're not supposed to be fruit inspectors. We're supposed to be producers, Amen. producing fruit, not just inspecting it. That's just, that's just too easy. That's just like saying, well, I'd rather just be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. No, you better not just sit there by the door. You better come in, learn something, grow up, and move out. Amen. It says bearing fruit in every good work. And then what does it say? Growing. Yeah. Wow, Growing. God expects us to grow. 
You know, I, I got the privilege of holding my grandson a while ago, oh, Joshua. Yeah. For those of you that don't know who I am, by the way, I see a lot of new faces here. Uh, I'm Pastor Eric Treacher. I'm Justin's dad, by the way. Okay. That kind of makes that connection for y'all. So I got to hold my grandson a while ago, right? We've got to watch him grow up. And in that process, you know, he got to a certain point, he started crawling. He got to a certain point, he started standing up. He got to another point, and he, he walked a little bit, and he, then he said, uh, forget that walking stuff, and he took off running. And then he started saying things, and, and now he just says things all the time. But see, what, what I would look at is, if he didn't get to that certain point when he started crawling, if that's all he ever did, we'd, we'd kind of get wonder, worried about that, wouldn't we? Yeah. We'd like, why ain't he growing up? Yeah, that's the way it works in the kingdom, too, because some of your pastors are going, yeah, we got a lot of people that are just crawling right now. We got a lot of people that are standing right now. We ain't got a whole lot that are running, though. See, that's the growing up process. And these guys might be worried sometimes of where you're actually at because God requires you to get grown up, right? we got to grow up. So let me, let me ask you a question then. What, what would be a time frame in this growing up process? What would be a time frame? Well, we know that Jesus had 11 guys, and he had it for about three years. He taught them everything that he knew. And then you know what he did? They got sent out. Three years. Now, I realize that for some people, the growing up process takes a little bit longer. I realize that on other people, the process is a little bit shorter. But the end result is, is that you get growed up so that when God tells you to do something, you do it. Amen. You produce fruit. Amen. See, that's what it's like. But Jesus had these guys for three years. And then they turned the world upside down. You know? Listen, we sang that song a while ago, Pour Out Your Spirit on Me, in these last days. I know that we're in these last days, and I really believe that God's Spirit's going to be poured out in such a way that that growing up process is going to be shortened. I believe it has to be that way because of the times that we're living in. I mean, it's just just ridiculous what we see out there. It's ridiculous in our country, and uh, we have the answer. It's Jesus. And so we're just going to have to get with the program and get grown up. You know, I want to brag on on Eddie back there tonight. Eddie's a a young disciple in our church, and his lovely bride, Felicia, sitting there beside him. No, wave, everybody. Eddie and Felicia. Eddie told me just this last week. I I, I told Eddie. I met him. The first time I met Eddie was April 2014. Or was it 15 when we went to Victoria? Yeah, this is, yeah, 15, okay. Easter Sunday of 2015, I met Eddie for the first time. I think I got two words out of him. Two. And then I didn't see him for a long time. And then uh, just, just, just recently, oh, I'd say about eight months, maybe seven months y'all been coming? They've been coming for about seven months now. But this last weekend, let me show you how this growing up process works. This last weekend, me and Eddie had a little time to talk, and he said, he said, man, I, I can't believe how much I've learned in the last six months. He said, you know, most of my life I've just been a closet Catholic, and now I'm like a, an outgoing 
somebody that I don't even know anymore because I've, I've learned so much. And uh, I could see the excitement in him. And I could, I, could, I could hear that in his voice. And so you see there that in, in six months, God can do in six months what it used to take years. And I think that's the, I think that's the times that we're getting ready to get into is that God's going to quicken this process. Why? Because we're in the last days. And, and we are the minority. Why do I say that? Because spirit-filled people, I'm not going to use the word Christian, spirit-filled people that are grown up in Christ are few and far between. That's true. You'll see them maybe here, maybe with the One Association churches, but other than that, where are you going to find spirit-filled people that have grown up in Christ and they're actually putting the word into action? They're stepping out and doing something for the king. I find it too many places. So I think that in these last days, that process is going to speed up. And uh, these guys are going to be growing up people faster than y'all can. So you better, you better get ready. Don't get, don't get comfortable. Yeah, don't get comfortable. Because uh, if you do, somebody else might just pass you by. Right? So there, the process, you know, we, each person is different. I realize that. Uh, it took me a while. I got to sit in here for a while and, and do the same thing you guys are doing, just so you know that, right? But I had to get grown up one day and move on, move on because that's what God had for me. Uh, you know, Jesus said, if you be faithful in the little things, you can be faithful in some bigger things. And then here's another scripture for you. You know, y'all heard the saying that Rome wasn't built in a day, right? The kingdom of God is not going to be built in a day. It, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. There's a process. Turn to Exodus. That was quick. You got there before I did. <laughs> Exodus chapter 23. You know, part of the growing up process, one of the biggest challenges, and I'm speaking about myself now, I don't know if this will apply to any of you guys, but one of the biggest challenges of the growing up process is you got to get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, you got to get over yourself because that stands in the way of everything. I made so many excuses, but God, you can find somebody better than me. You know, I've heard that before. Moses, Moses did said the same thing, right? I mean, really, God, you picked me? I mean, wow. I don't have any kind of talents. I can't even carry a tune in a bucket. I can carry some wrenches in a bucket, but I can't carry a tune in a bucket. I can shoot a rifle pretty good, but I can't sing. I can't play any instruments. You know, I, I don't really feel too comfortable standing in front of people. Matter of fact, I think the first time on this pulpit, I had five pages of notes, and I was nervous like crazy. But I had to get over myself, you know. We went to India in 2014. And uh, it, it was in India that the Lord spoke to Pastor Eric and said that he had a dream about me pastoring a church. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa. You better go back and make sure you got the right guy. So he said, well, maybe, you know, you're supposed to speak this weekend where we're going. So I did. Well, guess what? The next night, 
he had the same dream again. So he wakes up a little confused. This time he goes, I think I had the same dream. I think maybe God's really telling me that you're going to get a church when we get back to the States. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, that's really good that God speaks to you, but I didn't hear nothing. Does that let me off the hook? Wow. No. Nope. You see, he was discerning from God that God said, hey, this guy's grown up enough. It's time for him to move on and do what God had planned for me. That was, that was actually what God was trying to show him. But, you know, here I am. I'm still not over myself yet. So I get back and I'm like, Lord, you know, that's really good. You know, that Pastor Eric, you'd give him a dream like that. But he, I've been to Missouri, you know, and that's, they call that the show me state. So you're going to have to show me. Well, three nights back from India, I had a dream. Three months later, we had two separate churches calling me and my wife to come be their pastor. We're like, wait a minute. If this wasn't crazy before, now it's really crazy. I can't pastor two churches that are 80 miles apart. Wow. So you see how that growing up process works. Was I scared? Yeah, I was scared. Was I felt like I was incapable of doing that? Yeah, I sure was. But you know what? God wasn't interested in how I felt, what I thought. Amen. All he was interested was, was you going to be grown up enough to make yourself available? Because, see, he's not interested in your ability. He's interested in your availability. Because if you would just grow up and show up, he'll work through you. Amen. He'll work right through your insecurities. He'll get you right past yourself. To where you rely only on the Holy Spirit. And then when you step into what God has for you. And you have all of these visions and dreams. And you think, wow, this is going to be cool. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, and you get to the church that you, God's called you to. And you find out that the guy before you wrecked the place. And you got to build walls back up. I mean, within a month, we were in the middle of a big argument with the previous pastor. Like, knock down, drag out, fight. We're like, oh, wow, I didn't sign up for this, Lord. Are you sure this is where you want me to be? Wow. And then, further down the road, you know, nothing's happening. We're just kind of going through the motions, and we're just, but we hadn't, we're not quitting. We just keep plugging in there. We feel like, man, this is tough. What are we going to do? Pastor Eric even said, well, maybe you should come back to headquarters. We'll regroup, and we'll send you out a different direction. And I was like, you know what? This is tough. It really is. But if I'm going to be grown up, you know what? If you get grown up, there ain't no quit. Amen. When you get fully grown up and you're in the fullness of Christ, there ain't no quit. You can't quit. Hey, our Lord set us a perfect example. When he was carrying that cross up that hill, he had told Peter not even 10 hours earlier that he could have called 10,000 legions of angels to come and save him. He didn't have to finish that. But you know what? He didn't quit. And since he didn't quit on me, I'm not going to quit on him. Amen. But I learned something here in Exodus chapter 23. <coughs> chapter 23, let me start in verse... 27. 
What, he, what he's doing here, the Lord is telling uh, Moses what's going to happen when they go into the promised land. You see, God will tell you what's going to happen when you step out into what he's called you to do. He can tell you that, and he will. Listen to what he said in verse 27. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation that you encounter. I will make all of your enemies turn their backs and run. Did he say some of your enemies? He said all of them, didn't he? Yes. That's all of them. I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive the Hivites, the Canaanites, the Hittites out of your way. But I will not drive them out in a single year. Isn't that interesting? He won't drive them out in a single year. One single year that we were in Victoria. One single year did we see any fruit. Except for right there at the last part in December of the first year. A couple of guys came wanting to give their life to the Lord. We thought, woo Yeah, we ain't arrived yet. But see, one single year. He said, I won't do this in a single year because the land would become desolate and the wild animals too numerous for you. Look what he says in verse 30. Little by little. How are you going to get grown up? Little by little. I will drive them out before you until you have increased or grown up enough to take possession of the land. God's given you the land. It's yours, but you're going to have to get grown up so that you can take possession of it. God's given you something to do. He's got a plan for your life. He's got people already marked out for you to pray for, for you to lay hands on, for you to teach, for you to train. They're already out there, but you're going to have to get grown up little by little, take possession of it, put your foot on it, call it done. Let's go back to Ephesians one more time. Can we do that? Back to Ephesians one more time. I'm getting there. I love it when y'all talk back and I can hear y'all because it lets me know that you're paying attention. I love that. I love it. Um, let's see, back in Ephesians 4, I wanted to go back and look at something. We understand that God gave these people to you, these generals. He gave you pastors and teachers and evangelists, apostles and prophets, so that they can prepare you to be God's people, so that you can do works of service, so that the body of Christ can be built up. So we, so we understand here. That God gave you these people for a reason. And then in 13 it says, Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. You see, this verse right here, it states the main reason why Jesus gave you these men. That's the reason why he gave them to you. Those who have the ministry gifts are mentioned in verse 11. That's these guys. They've got discernment. They've got... All of these things so that they can teach you and that they can train you and that they can understand when it's your time. See, they'll know that because God will show it to them. He can show it to you as well, but God will show it to them because you want to make sure 
that if you're going to step out into something, that not only have you heard from God, but these guys have heard from God. Okay? So they've got that discernment in them through the Holy Spirit. I've already, I've already seen it tonight working in here because, man, I see different people doing different things. I'm like, wow, these guys are getting grown up. They're raising up people to, to take their places so that they can do things that are more advanced in the kingdom. So they, they are doing all that they can do so that they don't have to do all the work of the ministry, right? Yeah. That's a good place for the pastors to say amen. See, all the work, all the work of the ministry is not supposed to be done by the pastors. The people are supposed to do that when they get grown up. So what is their main function? If they're not supposed to do all the work of the ministry here, what is their main function? Their main function is to train and equip members of the church to do ministry themselves, both inside and outside of the church. What does your sign say back there, by the way? Form out there what you practice in here. I was wanting them to say that, but go ahead. <laughs> Amen. You see, that's what these guys are trying to get you to do. You see, that's God's pattern of ministry. This ministry principle, though, is a challenge to these guys. It's very challenging. How do I know that? Because I'm doing it. It's very challenging. Let me tell you why that it's so challenging. And I've watched it take place in here. It's very challenging because these men of God, at some point or another, realize that they have to release people into various roles of service. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do, I promise you. I've seen them cry over some of the men that have left this church. You see, in just, it was just two years ago that we were here, a little over two years ago. And I'm telling you right now that I see different faces in here. That tells me that people are getting grown up and moving out. Yeah. And that's what it's supposed to take place in the kingdom. That's what it looks like. That's what it's all about. Otherwise, the kingdom doesn't advance. Right. So it's tough for these guys. They've got to raise up people, and they know that, to send them out. It's also a challenge to you guys. Why is it a challenge to you guys? Because you have to realize that you don't come in here just to sit. You can't come in here just to soak up messages and receive ministry. That's not what it's about either. Your job is to come in here with a willing heart, with a willing attitude, to take training, to take correction, to take rebuke, so that you can get growed up in the things that God wants you to do. I mean, that's why he gave you these men of God. You see, this is designed as God's order of growth so that people would seek an active role of service in the church. The Bible says that the Word of God is active. Are you active? The Word of God is alive. Are you alive? Come on, it's okay to say amen. God expects you to be active. He expects you to get grown up. Now let me give you a, a, a real good picture of how that really looks. I told you already that less than, well, a little more than two years ago, I sat in these same seats that you guys are sitting in. I drove two hours to get here one way. Why? Because I loved the teaching. I loved the training. I had no intention of, of leaving that. It was so good, right? 
Most of you, well, come on, you all agree with me? It's so good, yeah. right? It was good. It's good, man. It, it's awesome. We'd leave here most of the times on those Sunday mornings on our two-hour drive back, and we'd go, wow, man, that was so good. Wow, can't wait to come back the next time. But if you're not careful, that it, it creates a pattern in you that all you want to do is just come back to that next service and get fed again, and, and then you go out, and what, what do you accomplish with that? You see, we've got to be careful with that. Because God does expect something from you. He expects you to grow up to where you're working out there. What's being taught in here. And and if you're not careful, you could get to the point where just come in here Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday and you don't get grown up and then you run the risk of hearing that most dreadful sentence in all of the Bible. Depart from me, I don't know you. Hmm. See, that would hurt. That would hurt. You know, I'm reminded of a, a, a story I heard of. A, y'all ever heard of John Piper? Yeah. Pretty, good, pretty good minister. I listened to a message where he's preaching to 3,000 college students. <laughs> 3,000 college students. And he was challenging these guys. He was challenging them, challenging them with the word of not buying into the American dream. Don't buy into the American dream, he was telling them. Good word. He said, let me show you what that looks like, the American dream. You get a job. You work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. You save all the money that you can. You go to every training class that you can. Why? So that you can climb higher up the ladder. You climb higher up the ladder. You work more and more. You don't see your wife. You don't see your kids. You work more and more. You save more money for retirement. This goes on for year after year. And finally one day, you reach that retirement thing. Now what? Well, you got all this money that you worked for. You saved all this money so that you can retire. So you go to Florida. You buy you a yacht, cruise around on the yacht. You walk along the beach and you pick up seashells. And about two years later, you die. Two years later. You, wow, man, I worked all those years. I didn't get to retire. No, you died two years later. Next thing you know, you're standing before the presence of a living king. And he says, what did you do with your life? Well, God, here's my seashell collection. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a tragedy? That'd be the biggest tragedy that you could ever imagine. See, that's what I'm saying. You've got to get grown up in the kingdom so that you can do something with your life. You know, I, I was sitting here and enjoying it. I really was. But my biggest fear was actually stepping into what God had for me. I mean, I was fearful of that. I'm going to be honest with you. I was scared. It's not something that I had ever done. But when God calls you to do something, he not only calls you, but he equips you. He gives you the ability to do what he requires of you. But the biggest challenge, like I said earlier, is you've got to get over yourself. I had to get over myself. I had to get over the fact that I ain't never been to no seminary. I don't know how to make messages. I don't know how to do all that stuff. Yeah, quit making all those excuses. The Holy Spirit will train you. The Holy Spirit will equip you. The Holy Spirit will teach you what to say when you need to say it. Amen? So look, I want to... Uh, I want to... I get back to the uh, report from the front lines. 
because that's what we really came here to do tonight. So we want to give some reports from the front line. You see, we were, we were faithful in the little things. Uh, me and my wife, Valerie, back there, wave sweetheart at everybody. Some of y'all may not know my wife. We were faithful in the little things, you know, uh, trying our best to, to shepherd the sheep that God requ- uh, gave to us. And uh, we just kept plugging in there, even though the enemy tried to get us to quit. Uh, we got frustrated. Uh, I'll be honest, I'll tell you, we got frustrated. But that happens. Do you ever get frustrated, Pastor Eric? Yes, sir. Hmm. Today. See? <laughs> it happens. Yeah. The enemy wants you to quit. There's no lie. The enemy wants you to quit. He doesn't want you to get grown up. He wants you to stay a little bitty infant. He don't want you to get grown up because if you get grown up, you're going to be dangerous to him. So we, we stayed faithful. We, uh, we just kept plugging in there and we said, you know what? I don't think God's finished with it yet. We ain't even made two years. So let's, let's just keep plugging in there, right? I think Pastor Eric sent me a text right before he went to uh, Turkey, I believe it was. And, and you went five different places on that trip. Yeah. He sent me a text that said, keep plowing. I, I like plowing. I, I was a farmer when I was a kid, so I like plowing. I was like, yeah, I, I, I think I'll keep plowing. Well, you know what happened? We went through March just a couple of months ago. March was our two-year anniversary that we've been in Victoria, that we got called out of here. We got growed up and moved out. Yeah. By the way, there were some times when I was sitting back over there, you know, right before we left. I, I really believe when this when Pastor Eric walked by me, I could just see that look. Man, I hope he gets grown up pretty soon. <laughs> I, I, he might be saying some of those same things about some of you guys. Just kidding. We all got to get grown up, right? <laughs> Come on, Pastor. These are, these are good men and women here. They are. They, uh, yeah, amen. Yeah, <laughs> they are awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm privileged to consider them my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Man, awesome. Yeah, I would go anywhere in the world with you guys. So we passed the two-year mark. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of guy that I like to step back and, and, I, and I fast and pray and seek the Lord, you know, because the Word teaches me that. So I fasted almost the whole month of March. And I was like, man, I just really... I just really want to know what the Lord has for us going forward. And uh, the Lord began to speak to me. See, you take that time to, to uh, get, get rid of some self. I needed to get rid of a whole lot of self. So you take that time to get rid of some self. Get over yourself. And uh, press in to hear what God has to say. Just do that. And you know what? He'll begin to speak to you. He will. He spoke to me. He said, uh, well, you know, you guys... Plugged in there, you didn't quit. You now reached to past the two years, so we're going to move into phase two. Phase two of New Life Ministries in Victoria. I said, really, Lord? Well, what's all that about? Well, we, uh, <laughs> y'all don't know this, but we live 28 miles away from our church. 28 miles. Matter of fact, we live in a different county. You guys can drive 28 miles and you'll still be in Sugar Land. We, we passed two different towns before we get to Victoria. So we, we've been driving. Sundays we drive twice, twice a day on Sundays. And then we're there just about every day of the week. So the Lord began to speak to us, you know, 
Wouldn't it make better sense if you actually lived in Victoria? And we thought, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. <laughs> so so we're, we're actually going to move into Victoria. Amen. Coming up, probably somewhere down the road. That way we can be, we can be closer to our, our people that God has given us. We love those guys. So we want to be there full time with them. So the Lord began to speak that to us. We're like, okay, Lord, that's, that's cool. We like that. That's a good challenge. I'm going to let my wife quit. She ain't got to put up with all them kiddos no more in schools because that's crazy too. So she's going to quit the job and just uh, be full-time pastor's wife there in Victoria. Amen. I knew I'd get a, a laugh out of that one. She's ready for that. Amen. So, and then part of that was... We believe that, uh, that God's going to send us some help. Amen. That's what we believe. So, actually, this is where you guys are going to help. We've come here tonight to ask you guys to pray with us in New Life Ministries that God would stir up somebody to come and, and live with me and my wife and do ministry with us full time and, and just help us out in Victoria. We, we could use some help. Because we've got some guys that we need to train up. Yeah. And we're getting more. Matter of fact, we had another, another new lady in our church. She was going to come tonight, but her kids got to do that star test tomorrow. So she didn't want to keep her kids up late. So we, we'll forgive her for that. So uh, that's, that's one of the things that's, that's happening. And it seems like since we passed that two-year mark and uh, God checked us out to see if we're going to be faithful in it, once we passed that two-year mark, just, the spirit just broke out in our church. I mean, we've, we've been having some pretty amazing services uh, I had, to, I had to tell off on, on Nick over there. These guys came about a month ago now, on a Wednesday night. And Nick had a, a prophecy about our church. He had a word. He said, New Life Ministries, he saw it in a vision that New Life Ministries was a cart that had rusted wheels on it, but that our worship was greasing the wheels, and it was moving. And I had to tell, I had to tell Nick, I said, Nick, you, you don't even know. The last three Sundays... Our, our worship's been off the charts. <laughs> it's just been amazing what God has been doing through our worship. Why? Because we, we stuck with it. Yeah. We, we, kept, we kept with it even though, you know, we had some, we had some battles with our, with, with our worship. I mean, you'll have some battles, but don't, don't let it stop you. Amen. Don't quit. Amen. You'll, you'll see some fruit on the other side of that if you'll just keep plugging into those battles. Yeah. You've got to get through that battle to get to the fruit, though. Yeah. So our worship's been... Just change. Uh, we got people that are coming in just hungry for the Lord, and uh, that's not the best part. The best part is, is we've been we've been praying for for people, and there's been healings. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think me and Valerie have been in a hospital probably at least twice a month starting in February, and most of them been here in Houston. We've been driving right by here, going to Bentob and uh, one over there by where where Baj lives. Which, which one's over there? Memorial. Yeah, we was over there one day, and it's like, wow, you know, just a, just a testimony. You, you, you guys remember uh, the guy that orchestrated that meeting that one? Henry. Remember Henry? Henry's wife had an aneurysm. Bad. I mean, she passed out in the back of a police car. She got pulled over for speeding. They put her in the back of the car, and she passed out, blacked out. Boom. So he didn't know what to do, so he takes her to the hospital. They check her out. No, we didn't find nothing wrong with you. So she got up to go to the bathroom. Boom, pack, passed out again. So then they rushed her to Bentob. Found out she had an aneurysm that actually broke. So that happened on a Thursday. 
Well, Sunday morning after church, after we were done, we all loaded up and we came to Bentob. We went in. I got to go in there with Henry and lay hands on her. She was in a coma. We got word the next day that she came out of the coma. And she was already improving. And do you know she already went home? She went home. But I didn't do nothing. All I did was be faithful to what the Lord has called us to do. You got to step out there. See, God already knew a long time ago that I was supposed to go to that hospital that day and pray for her. What would what, what, what happen if I hadn't grown up and I just decided to sit here in these chairs? I know what would happen. This guy probably would have kicked me in the butt and said, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. That's what would have happened. Yeah. See, these guys have discernment enough to know who's ready and who's not, who can do certain things and who can't. They know this. So we've been having some pretty good healings. Matter of fact, if I could brag on Eddie's wife back there. Hi, Felicia. Felicia had trouble with her kidneys for quite some time, right? Since she was 14. There you go. You, you heard it. I didn't know how long it was. But a month ago, we prayed for her. We all gathered around her and prayed for her. Nothing fancy. Nobody got slain in the spirit. Nothing happened. He said... This last weekend, her kidneys don't bother her no more. Amen. So, amen. So you see what happens if you just be faithful enough to step out into what God has for you. Get grown up and go do those things that God has for you to do. And then uh, one more, one more testimony. Y'all see Miss Brenda over there? Wave at everybody, Miss Brenda. Miss Brenda, I, I probably, I'll have to ask for forgiveness later on, but how old are you, Miss Brenda? Huh? 68. 68 years old. And let me tell you something. I don't know if you'll find another 68-year-old lady that's on fire like, for Jesus like she is. Amen, Brenda. Yeah. She, she come running forward here about a month ago begging to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And uh, let me tell you something. She hasn't been the same since. Oh, by the way, you know where I met Miss Brenda? Get this. I met Miss Brenda. The first time I ever laid eyes on Miss Brenda was in a hospital room, an emergency room. I didn't even know her before that, but that's where I met her. And let me tell you something. She is not the same lady that I saw in that hospital room. She is completely different. The Holy Spirit has completely reworked her life. When, uh, when I told them Sunday that, we was, that I was coming up here tonight to preach to you guys, and I said, Pastor Erkins invited many of you guys, to, if you want to come, to come. She was the first one to say, count me in. <laughs> so uh, we got lots of people in our church that are stirred up because we've been faithful to keep preaching the word, to uh, keep, keep moving on with our worship service the way that you guys do it. We're probably singing a lot of the old songs that you guys used to sing. Y'all got grown up and got a guy that writes his own music. Wow. Good job, Peyton. Awesome. That is awesome. That is good. We've got a lot of catching up to do, don't we? New life. Yeah, we've got a lot of catching up to do. So uh, that's what we're here tonight. We're, we're just here to, to give you a report from the front lines, to encourage you guys, to challenge you guys, to, to grow up, and get out there, and let's... Uh, Let's win this battle. Amen. So y'all be praying for us and uh, pray, that, pray that God will stir some, somebody up. Who knows? It might come from India. It might come from Africa. Who knows? Amen. God knows. But uh, 
we're going to be faithful and just continue on with what God has called us to do. Because we, uh, we're, we're certainly enjoying it. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. A good word, Eric.